If I could ask you, Yarko, to give one advice to a CEO about improving the customer experience, what would be your main advice? Well, I think the main advice would be that reward the right behavior and then the results will follow. Welcome to another episode of the Work Life Hub podcast. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest to help you discover the new world of work and learn how your organization can reach its full potential. Thank you for tuning in and spending some time with us today. To find out more about the Work Life Hub, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to the listeners of the Work Life Podcast. This is your host, Agnes. And today, my guest joins me from Helsinki. It's Jarko Vorikoski. Hi, good morning, Jarko. Good morning. Jarko is um, head of customer journey of Danske Bank, the Danish bank group, which is mainly prominent in the Scandinavian countries. And I'm very happy and excited about this conversation with Jarko because we, if our regular listeners have followed the Work Life podcast, you know that we speak a lot about the employee side of things. And Jarko is looking at the other side, so the customer aspects and the customer experience. And and we believe that it's, it's a great idea to actually link these two. So just as a way of introduction, um, Jarko has worked for Danske Bank for over 17 years. Um, he is a banking and leadership expert, an economist. He holds an EMBA. And his main areas of work are process development, customer experience, and lean and service design. And the way I found Jarko and wanted to absolutely invite him to this podcast was because he was a speaker at last year's OPEX conference in Amsterdam. And his um, PowerPoint presentation that I had access to is just an absolute wealth of fantastic information about the customer journey. And so I'm really happy to to have you here, Jarko. So uh, just as a way of uh, starting off, would you mind telling listeners listeners a little bit more about yourself, your career, and what is it that really drives you that you feel really passionate about? Absolutely. Uh, Thanks, Agnes, uh, for for the very kind presentation. Uh, Well, as you said, I am a long-term banking professional. I could say I've spent... uh, whole my adult life working for for Danske Bank Group and uh, yeah I've held several different positions uh, both in front office back office uh, now mainly in development over the last six seven years and exactly as you said my main areas has been recently customer experience and uh, and processes Uh, I could say that what is driving me is is whether it's talking about improving processes or improving our customer experience, it's it's mainly the thing about always trying to do something better, always trying to improve something, and uh, saying trying because we we don't always succeed. But if you stop trying, then uh, then that's not good either. So I think that's the main thing. What has been driving me in my career in several different positions trying to make things better and uh, yeah I've been very very happy working for, for for the same company and had the different opportunities to 
make things better. And now I'm currently in a position of, of head of customer journey in our one of our business units uh, in, in our asset finance business, where we mainly serve uh, both consumers and companies uh, with uh, asset financing like uh, leasing or higher purchase. So if you would like to buy a car, you could, for example, lease it or, or use our higher purchase for it. That's great. Well, thank you so much for this introduction. And I think uh, listeners now also have a better idea of what kind of customers you're, you're focusing on. Before we go more into detail of, of your actual work on, on customer journey, I just wanted to ask you first, because employee experience and customer experience are both areas that are really gaining traction. And, and I think we have seen, you know, some of the catastrophic um, YouTube videos going viral from United Airlines or, you know, that famous Pepsi commercial when it becomes really, really obvious that customers have this little camera phone, uh, which makes them very powerful amplifiers of both good and bad customer service. But um, I wanted to ask you, um, from your perspective, how can there be kind of a a winning strategy for, for both groups? I'm not sure whether there can be a winning strategy without uh, having both groups in mind. Uh, frankly, I think that uh, employee experience, which in this kind of a format or, or spelled like employee experience, has uh, raised its head head uh, over the last few years. But uh, actually, if we think about it, employees are the backbone and the foundation of, of any company. Uh, so, so, so we could say that employees is like electricity, and if you want to offer digital experiences for your customers, you actually need electricity. So, I think employee experience and a good employee experience is definitely a, an enabler uh, for a good customer experience as well. Still, many say nowadays that which one is more important, and uh, yeah, I think. You cannot have one without the other. Uh, in the end, it's the customer experience that counts, I think, because that's then leading to customer satisfaction, to loyalty, uh, recommendation, repurchase, and so on. But but yeah, employee experience, if, if we think about it, it is one of the main parts of the system that provides all the customer experiences. There are obviously other things as well than employees. There's the IT infrastructure and uh, everything else, but they together create the system that deliver the customer experiences that hopefully are better than worse. And in a way, that's why we're all there, right? That's why people are all working in that hotel to make that customer experience outstanding. That's why people work in this factory. That's why people work in that telecom company even if they are probably by several degrees removed from the actual customer, that's why they're still there to create that kind of value. Yeah, and and quite often, uh, you know, the, the problems that we see, it is actually about that uh, somehow the company has managed to push the employees either too hard with uh, not enough resources or bad processes, or whatever, and they have pushed the employees in an impossible situation, and then the employees stop actually delivering those great things for customers. 
it could also be in in uh, some companies that the employees simply lack the transparency of what is the purpose of the company and why are we here for and and in those cases also i think that uh, it creates poor visibility for the employees the employee experience gets worse and then also the customer experiences are not that great either now i wanted to ask you about something that i saw in that deck that we will also share with the listeners is about uh, the interest taking an interest in the lives of customers and matching them with transactions so the the these key moments or lives of customers and transactions would would you like to elaborate a little bit on on what this concept is and and why this is important for companies yes uh, I, i think it's it's funny actually because i've uh, i have spoken in in different events and uh, i i actually went through my slides now beforehand uh, as well and and i saw that i have used another version in uh, in some other conference where uh, where i've written that taking interest in uh, into our customers lives and then i have also added and also our employees and partners because it it is it is a whole ecosystem everyone part of that system that matters but but uh, now that you pointed out the customers lives the live events uh, and the transactions the idea behind that thinking is is that uh, well as we all know we are emotional creatures as human beings and uh, even you know even if someone claims that uh, they only make rational decisions uh, that's probably not true we all make we all make emotional decisions that we then might you know try to justify rationally the thing about the emotions is is uh, related to life events that when there are big things going on in your life then you immediately are more more open to emotional engagement so if we talk about that you're getting married or if you're having a child or you're moving you're you're starting to study you're getting a new job or, or something like that you're actually in a situation that happens to you uh, happens to you quite seldom in your life so so it's it's a more overwhelming experience for you which means that there's also room for a service provider to actually be there together with you help you out in that situation in that way create a bigger emotional uh, connection with the customer whereas when we talk about transactions which are the things uh, the minuscule things that happen every single day in our lives and in in you know many times even and in those cases the transactions they are totally forgettable things uh, that we we don't even necessarily notice when we pay with our credit card or or when we are using you know just uh, electricity or water or something like that we don't even notice it we we simply think that these are the things that we take for granted and they need to be there and we only notice them if something is not working and and the difference between these life events and transactions is is that i claim that with the transactions you shouldn't try to create a big emotional connection with the customers so don't go with the bells and whistles with things that uh, the customers actually don't even like to 
see or hear. Whereas with the live events, if you really want to invest money creating a wow factor or something like that, then it's those live events where there's more room for that. But with the transactions, just make it work, make it as easy and effortless as possible for the customers. And uh, the transaction side is is uh, going just well. That's great. That's really, really interesting, I find. And I appreciate that you said in the beginning that in another presentation, you also included the partners and the employees because being the work-life hub, of course, for us, these major transitions are very, very important in the lives of employees when they get, uh, you know, when they have their child and then come back from leave or even a divorce or um, having a, a, a family member injured or somebody winning, you know, a prize or running a marathon. And, and then how this kind of translates into their employee experience. And that's very interesting uh, I haven't really thought about this also from the customer experience side of, of you know, just uh, kind of the everything running smoothly in the background with kind of spikes where it's real memorable um, moments that we have great emotional attachment to. Yeah, exactly. Now, maybe this takes us a little bit to what I wanted to ask you next, which was about the customer journey. Um, I think this is still quite a, a foreign concept to to many. So tell us what, what, what is a customer journey? What is a customer journey map? And what is it that organizations need to think about or, or at least even to start mapping their customer journey and, and why this is important? Customer journey and and, and I think just, uh, just saying over the few years or even during the last 10 years uh, when customer journeys have actually come popular, so to speak, uh, I, I think it's been a really, really good good thing for uh, customers to start with, that the companies have finally taken a proper interest of what their customers are doing, thinking, feeling. Uh, but but uh, overall, what customer journey map is, it is basically a map of what the customer is experiencing uh, when they are going to, let's say, what, like, like we're just discussing about life events, if they go through a childbirth, then we could easily map a customer journey of the childbirth. And, and obviously, since it takes nine months uh, to, to actually give the birth, <laughs> then, then basically it will be quite a big customer journey map. But that's the whole idea of the customer journey map. You map all the different things that the customer is going through and not only the actions, which is something that uh, I think many companies has done for decades, that they, they map the actions and or user cases or something like that, but something like that. But even more importantly, also what the customers are thinking while they are going through these actions and how they are feeling the feeling part being probably the most important. So basically the customer journey is, uh, if we talk about an end-to-end -end customer journey, it's where something begins with a customer and uh, then it finally ends. And the customer journey map is then trying to uh, basically illustrate everything from the beginning until the end, including the different actions 
the different things, uh, d- different thoughts, and the different feelings that the customers are going through in that uh, in that journey. Just saying that probably the main difference between a process map is that usually a process map from from the starts from the company perspective, whereas the customer journey map is purely from the customer's perspective. And it includes several different phases and touch points where the customer has nothing to do with company A or B. Let's try to make this very accessible to listeners. So if a parent decides to buy a pushchair because they just had a baby or they're going to have a baby and they need a pushchair, they need a pram, so this customer journey map is going to take into consideration their feelings, their anxieties, their excitement. And how is this going to help with, let's say, the company that is going to be actually then selling them the pram? So basically, uh, in this case, if we think about it, we probably shouldn't be mapping uh, the whole pregnancy for nine months and uh, giving birth and that that sort of stuff. Instead, where we should be focusing on uh, would be something related to wh- when is it that they would need the pram and why would they need the pram to start with. So, so I think for the company selling the prams or the one manufacturing it, uh, a customer journey map focusing on uh, the different situations in the parent's life where they are actually going somewhere with the baby. That will be the right focus. So, so trying to map different situations where the parents are on the move, so to speak, and then trying to understand that, okay, is it actually a pram that they need or could it be something else? And, well, if it is a pram, then how should it look like? Uh, if, it, if, it's, uh, if it's something that the mother is, uh, or the father is pushing the pram uh, outside, in the wintertime in Helsinki, where there's plenty of snow, like uh, right now, uh, you know, you need to have big wheels in your pram. Uh, those very small ones don't get you anywhere. You need to think about uh, where is it that the parents actually need it and why they need it, uh, especially the why part, because then you will understand that, okay, it's, it is actually a pram that they need, because that's the first mistake that we can do is that we think that they need a pram, but it could be something different. I, I don't know what it could be, but it could be, I don't know, a taxi service uh, with, with a, with a pr- service provider where they carry the baby along you all the time. I don't know. It could be whatever. But, but uh, uh, just thinking about that it is a pram that they need, I think that's, that's the first mistake that you can do. But if we overcome that, if we have... If we are sure that, yeah, Pram is probably the best choice, then with the help of Customer Journey Map, you can understand that where they are, you know, if, if, if it's in a forest that they need the Pram or is it only in in a big mall in in Dubai or somewhere else where you're only indoors and, uh, you know, you, you need a totally different kind of Pram. So I think with the help of Customer Journey Map, you can try to find out that, okay, what is the purpose for it, uh, how it will be used, and, and so on, and then come up with the best possible solution. I get it now, I think. I hope I can speak for the, the listeners. 
So it's a basically a reverse engineering, right? Trying to understand instead of us uh, coming up with a product and pushing it mindlessly on consumers, trying to understand what consumers need first. And maybe it's not even our products or maybe it's something else. Exactly. There's, by the way, a fantastic video. There's even, I think, uh, the long and short version of it uh, on YouTube uh, from IDEO. I'm not sure if you know the company. Uh, I-D-E-O. It's, it's a very well-known, uh, famous company who have introduced, let's say, design thinking in a, in a large scale. Uh, there's a very old video uh, I think from 1999 or something like that, where they design a shopping cart for for a supermarket, and it's a fantastic video because it so beautifully basically explains the different uh, different phases of going through designing this uh, new shopping cart, which could you know we could uh, relate to this uh, pram example as well. Uh, they they show how they go out to supermarkets and uh, interview the customers there. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really ni- nice video. If you just Google IDEO shopping cart, I'm pretty sure you will find the video. Thanks. So, so now that we touched upon a little bit on this in, in the previous question, but what do you see in your experience are some of the biggest mistakes that organizations make uh, when it comes to customer experience? In terms of customer experience, uh, forget about the customer journey mapping as such. At this point, uh, with customer experience, I think the biggest mistakes are usually having the right resources uh, at the right place at the right time. That's where the companies do do the biggest mistakes because usually the symptoms are so that there is a place where they are under-resourced with poor systems, poor processes to help them which basically causes either physical cues if it's a, if it's a physical store or then cues in the phones or long waiting times in chat or long waiting times in in your messages or something like that and then when the customers need to wait well first of all some they they don't wait they go somewhere else if they are able and then the ones waiting they get anxious and if the if the waiting time is too long, then they will approach you in a different channel or they will approach you in the same channel again. So if they have sent you already a message, they will send you a message again. And suddenly the big pile inside your organization uh, starts growing and growing. And you're actually creating a lot of work that didn't exist and didn't have to exist. But, but you're actually starting to self-employ yourself uh, in, a, in a situation where you're already overburdened with the existing workload. So I think that's, that's one of the main mistakes uh, what organizations usually do. I think also another one is that we don't, we're not transparent enough for the customers. So having, having a proper overview for the customer whenever they want it or need it. So, so being totally transparent, it helps. You know, If the waiting time is, let's say, a week, if you tell it to the customer that, okay, it will take a week and then you will get it, then usually the customers don't mind anymore. 
well, obviously, if it's about uh, getting getting uh, electricity or house, you would probably mind. But if it is about uh, getting your, I don't know, your new debit card, then they would be just fine. Of course, they would be happy to get it in a day, but it's not really that urgent. So in cases where it's not really that urgent, you need to be transparent and tell it to the customer that, okay, it's going to take 15 minutes or it's going to take two weeks or whatever, and then they calm down. And uh, and then thirdly, I think related to customer experience, the mistakes done usually is is that when we try to invest in our customer experience and uh, trying to improve, we we are trying to hunt for short term uh, short term profits or improvements uh, out of it. And I think improving CX it's it's a long term game and. Uh, it's so much related to everything else also in the organization that it's quite often very difficult to see that, okay, this happened because we did exactly this yesterday. So, so I think going for a heavily calculated business case when you're trying to improve the customer experience is probably not the right thing to do. I wanted to ask you something because... You know, one of the areas that we usually talk about is skills and especially skills in the digital world. And I usually make the example of banks. So I'm very happy that I can maybe ask you this question because as customers have more and more access to what used to be, you know, the the exclusive um, access of bank tellers or um, you know, the banks themselves, bank employees, now we can just go in front of our computers or on our smartphone apps and do a lot of the transactions ourselves. What we see now, for example, is that when, from a customer experience I'm speaking, is when, you know, now people decide to actually go into a bank branch, it's usually because you couldn't solve the issue yourself at home on your computer or your app. So, what I was always wondering is that when I had some tricky, um, you know, transactions that needed to be solved, even going to the bank branch didn't really help because the the employees who were there were not equipped with the kind of skills and knowledge and access they, they, they would have needed to solve my much more complicated problem. So I just wanted to get your take on this um, with this kind of digital boundaries of what employees and, and customers, what customers can do themselves versus then when we actually need to speak to an actual physical employee, how are companies preparing for this level of complexity or problem solving? And, and am I right a little bit in my analysis? Uh, I definitely think you're right there. Uh, if, if, if I use your bank example, I think the challenge there is that well, at least in the Nordics and uh, also elsewhere in the world, uh, you know, where banks are rather closing branches than than opening new ones, and uh, and uh, they are centralizing their services in into different service centers, and maybe the skilled skilled people uh, are sitting somewhere very far away from the customer, and uh, the only access for the customer is then by using an online channel, and if if the bank hasn't really guided the customers well enough in their uh, online services, then you suddenly might end up 
walking rather into a branch where they cannot help you either. Uh, I think that's that's one uh, one challenge there. If we think about it broader, uh, taking into account different industries, I think it's the amount of information that the consumers have available right now and, and they have access to. Uh, that has changed the game quite a lot because but I, I personally, like, uh, we just bought a new house and uh, I've selected there, you know, different kind of materials and uh, kitchen appliances especially. And I'm I'm a bit of a freak uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, technical stuff and all, all that. And uh, I do my research well online. And then when I walk into the... Uh, into the <laughs> hardware store or into the uh, store selling kitchen appliances then you know Some, more than the actual employee. yeah exactly <laughs> suddenly i know or immediately i know uh, notice that i actually know more about this i thought i came here to look for that final piece of advice or final piece of information that i couldn't find online having spent countless hours of, of doing my research and then there's this guy who has no idea what i'm talking about so 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 i think it I, is I call really... this my amazon phd <laughs> when i'm yeah. doing my amazon phd <laughs> exactly so so I, I think it's it's on one side it is actually a problem that has uh, that has come true because of the accessibility of information so if i didn't have that access i i wouldn't be able even to ask those kind of questions uh, from anyone that i'm now able to ask so there's new kind of needs actually that have arise from that i think and solving that it's actually pretty tricky uh, i i have noticed it so many times with different service providers that that uh, usually you as a customer you know better than uh, the employees there of that specific thing that you're now looking for and and actually that's that's a great cue getting back to customer journey mapping because if if you do that properly, you understand where the customers are using your services and why they are using it for, then you could actually better equip your employees also to understand the situations. Absolutely. And actually, this is also something that happens, as you said, not only retail, but even in medical professions. A lot of the GPs report that patients come in and with a full diagnosis that they got via web dm for example and it's true because you have informed uh, informed uh, uh, customers informed consumers and then you have those who are not and and it's that how do you re allocate your resources in training in staff in almost that the vendor almost becomes a kind of a coach to guide you to what you will feel is the best purchasing decision that that you could make exactly and and then of course talking about uh for example the medical side i think there's you know buying a kitchen appliance and uh looking for everything in the manual from the uh, manufacturer's website that's one thing and then searching your symptoms uh, online and looking for different illnesses i think you can go terribly wrong there because there's also plenty of stuff online that uh, doesn't help you at all. Okay, so uh, because time is running very quickly, even though I'm really enjoying our conversation, before we go to the last question, may I ask you, Yarko, to tell listeners where they can find out more about your work and maybe get in touch with you? 
Yeah, well, I think the easiest thing is is uh, just uh, searching me in LinkedIn uh, with my name, and uh, you will find it there. And uh, connecting me, I'm I'm happy to discuss with uh, with new people about about customer experience and other things as well. So just search me in LinkedIn and uh, and uh, send me an invite, and I'll connect. That's great. Now coming to the last question, which is always the same here uh, on the Work Life Podcast, if I could ask you, Jarko, to give one advice to a CEO about improving the customer experience. What would be your main advice? Well, I think the main advice would be that reward the right behavior and then the results will follow. To broaden it out a bit, I think it's it's a matter of, of uh, believing in the long term, the sustainable results and uh, not hunting only for the short-term profits uh, and 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 then definitely looking how the people are working and uh, looking into why they are working like that why they be are behaving like uh, they are behaving and then basically rewarding the right type of behavior i think that's probably getting getting you much further than just having people to fulfill their tally chart for for the next quarter. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for this. Thank you also for this really rich and insightful conversation. Uh, And I wish you really all the best uh, with your future work. Thank you very much. It was a very nice talk. And I hope that uh, we get to speak to uh, speak to each other again. 